0: We all know so many people with amazing life experiences and stories. So why do we spend so much time clicking on articles about celebrities? It's time to change that with regular amazing people. So hello, Francis Dumblewee. Hello,
1: Mr. Doc Pointer.
0: <laughs> Am I pronouncing your name, your last name, right? You're doing excellent, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we are talking to you today, and, and I met you through, um, uh, I had a volunteer opportunity at work to, to do a mock interview with you, and um, we're in completely different parts of the country, and I don't know you, I've never met you other than that, but I was so impressed with you during that mock interview that, that when I started doing this podcast, I really thought of you as somebody who has an amazing story to tell. And uh, so that's why you're here. So welcome aboard.
1: Thank you, sir, and I appreciate the, the yeah. The position. I'm very grateful for everything.
0: Now, thanks for coming on, man. So, so you are an immigrant from Liberia. Yes, sir. So can you tell me um, a little bit? Tell me, tell me about Li- Liberia. Tell me about where it is, the people, and and, and you know, give me give me some details.
1: So, Liberia is a little country on the west coast of Africa. And uh, the, the, we speak English. Uh, we're very loving and warm people. Uh, have a deep passion and love for America. And we, we welcome strangers, we, we welcome new cultures. Um, we've had a history of civil war, uh, where we had to go through some misunderstanding and confusion and fight a little bit to come to understand that um, we all want people, but that's been over and on for the past uh, 16, 17 years. We've been at peace working together. Um, we're a growing country. Um, the economy is not so great. We face a lot of challenges, but um, it's the place where you can find true happiness. Uh, you can connect yourself with nature and, and, and the people around you and find purpose in life. Um, it's somewhere I would recommend to anybody if you want to see another side of the world and experience another culture.
0: So how long have you been in, uh, in the United States?
1: Uh, a little over six years. Matter of fact, I just uh, passed six years on the ninth of April.
0: Okay. And how old were you when you came here? Uh,
1: 26.
0: 26. Okay. So what what was, your, what was a day, like a typical day like when you were at home back, back in, in Liberia?
1: Um, so back in Liberia, I was involved into uh, business, retail. So my typical day is get up in the morning, get a little exercising, um, go to the market, open my shop, and then go through a regular day of sales, and then, you know, close up, go to the football field. Well, it's called soccer here. Yeah. Go to the football soccer field, play football and then go back home. Just go over my day. How I when, how I can make it better the following day. And then go back and do the same thing over the following day.
0: So what were you selling in your shop?
1: I was selling basic home electronics, consumer electronics, um, mainly into phone accessories.
0: So like, Head like headphones and chargers and everything, or yes, uh, headphones,
1: chargers, LCD screens, uh, mics, uh, basically everything your phone, your cell phone needs to work properly.
0: So this is this is six to plus years ago, and everybody had a cell phone in Liberia, or or many people, or
1: yeah, it's very common.
0: That's really interesting to me because you know it's only about what. 11 or 12 years ago that, that the iPhones and, um, came, are we, I mean, are we talking like touchscreens with iPhones and, and, and Androids? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause so I,
1: i used all the iPhones. I used to be a, a Nokia fan and then one day I touched the, the iPhone 3g and that was it. And I've had an iPhone ever since.
0: Yeah. We were the same. We used Blackberries and I, I, I didn't buy. I was like, "Kid, hey, this can't work. You can't type a message on the screen. It's just a, it'll be a mess." But yeah, yeah. Once you convert, you you uh, you're hooked immediately, right? Yes, sir. So what was um? So you said that that Liberia's been out of a, had no wars for about 17, 16 or seventeen years. Yeah, exactly. So that would mean when you know before the time you were ten. I mean, were were you in? Was was there war going on at that time? A civil war? Oh yeah. What was the impact of that, or did you see did you see that on a daily basis or was that going on somewhere else, or what was the impact for you? Um
1: it wasn't the best. Yeah, I saw some of it. Um there were times we had to walk for days moving from one city to another to escape violence. And um I was much younger then, but I still remember. Um it wasn't pleasant. Uh, it's nothing any, any, any child you want for any child to experience. But it was a crazy moment in our history. We just hope to put it behind us now.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, hopefully that's a lasting piece. Yeah. So do you, um who who's, uh, tell me about your family over there.
1: So I was, I'm from a family of, five, five. Uh, I got two brothers and two sisters back home and myself. And I was raised by my mom and dad, but basically my dad passed early, early on in life. So all of my memories is, is with my mother. And I, she basically taught me everything. You know, everything I am today, every, everything I do, every discipline I, I exhibit everything in life every foundation I have I took something from her so even if I'm doing something in uh in America today I, I'm able to to just remember that I'm, I'm making this decision because I learned this from her so she's been the greatest thing that ever happened to me um I'm, I'm the youngest of five I've always been the crazy one to to dream crazy and 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 just go after whatever is in my head. So, yeah, I'm the only person here in America.
0: So do you have an example of being crazy when your brothers and sisters weren't? <laughs> um,
1: so in Liberia, um, when you come from the, the the family I come from, you don't have the option to dream big. You know, it's, it's not a privilege for you to dream big in Liberia. You're basically trying to survive. Your option is to get a meal. Your hope and prayer is to get a meal the next day, and then the next day, and the next day. Um, I got lucky. Uh, I used to do well while in elementary, and then I earned scholarships that helped me um, attend decent schools. And through the education I got from that schools, um It opened my mindset to believe that anything is possible. Uh, If I want to live in America, I can live in America. If I want to achieve anything, if I want to build a bigger business, want to get a degree in in, in IT, everything is possible. I just got to keep working hard and and pursue it to the best of my abilities. So.
0: So you have to pay for school that's beyond elementary school. Is that, is that right?
1: Yeah, in Liberia, you have to pay from the first day. If you don't pay, you don't you don't get enrolled. You get kicked out.
0: And what, w- at what age does that start? Does that start like when you're uh, young, like five class years zero. old?
1: Yeah, class zero. Your first, like preschool, you have to pay from day one up to the completion of secondary education. You have to pay every step of the way.
0: So it sounds like your mom was making sacrifices to make that happen for you? or
1: Absolutely, absolutely
0: it's amazing how moms come through like that, isn't it?
1: Yeah. They, they are just superhumans.
0: Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so let, let's, let's go forward. So you've, you've gone through basically elementary school and, and, and probably like, do you have like what would be equivalent to a high school education or did you go? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And you're, you're selling your accessories in the market. Yes, sir. So, To my, my understanding is to come to, to become an immigrant or to get the chance to come to the United States, you enter a lottery, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about how that works or, or why you decided to join and the process there?
1: So my story is actually different from that, but that's the, the traditional process that people immigrate to America through. For me, it was different. Um. Um, Like I said, I agreed to share everything with you. So back in Liberia, you know, I had a job and then I quit the job and then I was focusing on my business. So my business grew to the extent I used to travel to China and buy products and come back home to sell. And I always had an ambition to do something bigger. You know, I thought I've I've achieved a lot in Liberia and I I wanted to take on more challenge. So I, I decided to come to America in search of contacts, connections, just to extend my network so I came to America actually as a visitor i didn't I didn't come to stay uh, so when I came over back in um, April of 2014, you know I left my business and everything with my brother who was helping me and he was my assistant. Um, so I came over I spent three months here up to the full month. Ebola strike. I don't know if you remember the Ebola crisis. So Ebola strike in Liberia and it was very devastating. So I called into my brother. Um, my business crashed, but he used the money and everything from the business to keep the family alive. Um, something I, I, I you know, at some point I disagree, but I, I don't complain about it. Because in the community, there were, there were a lot of other families that, that lost loved ones, but we didn't lose anybody. So I'll take that. So while I was preparing to go back, the government offered um, a temporary protected status for people who have been in the country for over three months, just for, from a certain date. And I, I was eligible for that. So it happened like a miracle. And I got eligible for that. And I applied, I got the, the work authorization. I started working. And that was how the whole American dream started for me. Um, through the work authorization, you know, I worked my way and, and got my permanent residence starters and decided to enlist in the military to make it permanent in my space. So my my immigrant transition is, is a little different from a regular uh lottery winner.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So wow. Um so this pandemic is you're familiar with this then on some level. Oh uh, yeah. But uh, I know I, I yeah, wow, that's 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 yeah. incredible, man. <laughs> yeah, I d I didn't tell you about that on the phone during the interview, right? <laughs> no, that's amazing. So so as a permanent resident, and I don't know this, so you can enlist in the military and then that gives you like a, like, a stronger permanent resident or how does that work? What does that do for you as far as staying in the United States? So for me,
1: I think differently, all right? They, they say America is there for the taking and anybody can come here and make it. Uh, what I've learned is that Anybody can come here and make it if you make the place your own. You, I, I believe that you, you're not just gonna leave from another country and come here in a couple of years and you, and you make it big and go back home. It doesn't work like that. You gotta come here and um, decide to be part of this society. Decide to to contribute your own share of sacrifice, and and let the rewards come back to you. So being a, on a temporary status, getting permanent residence status, there's a lot of challenges that involve. involved. You hear a lot of noise. People tell you oh, how much sometimes you don't deserve things, how much you guys get in freebies, and how much, you know, some of the resources that you enjoy should be given to indigenous or natives. Um, so these things, um, when you hear them, uh, instead of them for me, Personally, instead of using it uh, for a negative reason, I try to turn it into a positive one. So if a person tells me that you can't just come over to America and just reap all the things that people work for over the years, I don't take anything negative from that. I think they are absolutely right. I think people should do things the right way to follow the right channels. And I think people should should earn their place. So when I had an opportunity to join the military, uh, I was, I thought it was the perfect opportunity to, you know, earn my place in America and eventually call myself a proud American. Hopefully something I'll be getting soon once the pandemic is over. What
0: were you, were you getting close to that and then this all happened or where are you with your citizenship?
1: Yes, I applied for my citizenship. pretty much I'm waiting for an interview right now. And
0: they're all and everything's on hold because of this.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. So, w- which branch of the military did you sign up with?
1: The Army Reserve.
0: Okay. And um and how long did you spend are, are you you're out of the military now, right? No, I'm a reservist. You're res- okay, so you're still a reservist. Yes, sir. Okay. And you've been doing that for How many years? How long?
1: A year and a half, sir. Year and a half.
0: Okay. So, what'd you do in the four and a half years leading up to that? When you were over, when you were here for six years, what'd you do before, you know, leading up to that?
1: Um, just trying to find my feet, you know, get my foot on the ground. Um, it might be a might be a long time, but it went by really fast. And when you live in America without immediate family, and you're trying to figure out everything on your own to try and error and other resources you can find. It takes a little bit longer to get things done. So I basically kept a job. Um, I worked at Amazon for up to four years. Um, Kept my head down. Um, I I enrolled into a community college um i completed 3 semesters but i was paying out of pocket you so i couldn't sustain so um i dropped out and yeah i was i was just into that and and doing that and uh also i i, I started a couple of businesses um, cuz that's that's my true passion um that's what i've been doing back and forth back and forth and um uh, now that you know things i really getting solid for me, you know, I'm doing things in a proper order compared to the past.
0: Yeah. I'm not surprised you started businesses. I could tell when you were talking about your business, your, your phone accessory business, that, that kind of, it kind of lights you up a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the, (laughs) you can see, you can see the, the the happiness in me when I talk about business and entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you, you traveled to China and you came here. I mean, you were, you're building a, a, Build a real business back there, so that's.
1: Actually, America is the ninth country I traveled
0: to. That's incredible. I mean, so so you came from. From what you told me, it doesn't sound like you are in a in a family that had the kind of money where they're traveling around the world, right? Is that fair? Or... No,
1: no, no. That's okay. why I call myself crazy because.
0: <laughs> the things
1: I do, my brothers and sisters would never dream of doing it. If I don't tell you, it's impossible to be done by any of us.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. So you, you were, you were before Ebola, you were in the process of building um, a, uh, what we call it like a a giant business in Liberia.
1: Yeah. I was doing pretty decent for myself back then.
0: Was it all for phone accessories or were you doing other stuff? I was into all the things. Foreign
1: Accessories was my main geek back then because um, I was passionate about it. But I was into fans, um, DVDs, um, DVD players, um, the accessory for those ones too, um, TVs, uh, generators. So I wasn't big enough, but I had a good reputation. So I I would have people supply me and and then I'd sell and, and pay them back.
0: Well, that's the thing you find with entrepreneurs is you, you have like a thousand different income streams, right? You're not just doing one thing. Yes, sir. Well, Hey man, keep going that way. You're going to be the next big businessman here in a, here in the United States. That'd be awesome.
1: I keep working hard on that.
0: Yeah. I'll, get there. I'll say, I knew you when <laughs> you ever heard that? I knew you when. Oh yeah. I heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you're in the military and now you're going you're you're attending a um a school for i t right yes sir and what's the uh what's the the path or the plan there
1: so when i got into this program, the goal is to initiate my career in i t while it's true i i'm more passionate about building business than anything else um being an immigrant there's something in africa uh uh, yeah there's something in africa that is uh it's like a a written law no matter how much success you have in any other endeavor you have to have a college degree or as you be considered affiliate so um this this program helps me uh build the courage and and cut some some bridges to help me um go faster in my my, my degree pursuit so um when i enrolled into the community college back in 2016 um they had me taking on a, a math three uh english 035 uh, these are things that I, I know. I, I told instructors, "Give me the test. So I can prove that I know these things. Don't let me sit there for for, for a whole semester trying to to learn something I already know. Oh, I could just buy a book and read." And that's the most frustrating thing about me, being uh, for, about me going to college. So uh, just just to take you back for a moment, when I graduated high school back in Liberia. I, I enrolled into college in, in, immediately. Like within three months, I was, I was into the university because I graduated you know, pretty decent and it was a fast track process. So I took all these courses, but the problem is when you come from another country, uh, a country that is considered terror like Liberia, your credits are not uh, earned here uh, uh, regularly. It has to go through a very rigorous process, which is very frustrating. Sometimes it's not even worth it. It's just good to go start from scratch. So that's one of, that has been one of the frustrations for me. But as of now, through the military, I have all these educational benefits. So by taking away the the ITF and the A-plus certificates out of the way, I can go go start learning things that I really want to learn. You know, I want to get, more into the cloud. I want to get more into uh, software engineering because these things gives you the tools and the ability to solve problems. And when I'm sitting in class or when I'm talking about this skill set, the only thing I see is how can I use it to solve problems back home. Back in Liberia, um, there's so much need to be done there. Hopefully, I can make something good out of my life. Um, A couple of years from now, we could have another interview and and talk about some of the projects that I wanna do back home and how we can get more people involved. A lot lot needs to be done back in Liberia in terms of educating young people uh, about believing in themselves, something that you really helped me to on. Letting them know that it doesn't matter where you come from. Everything is possible. So I, I hope to use my opportunities to gather the right skill set and go back home to help people.
0: So you said that that's well. I don't think anybody can ask for more than that. I you know, but I yeah. I, I've told you that you inspired me. You know, just from your attitude and the way you approach things, and and you really do. I, um, you know, I was raised here. I grew up here. I certainly not wealthy by any means. And, you know, we certainly went through challenging times, but it's a, it's a different level of challenge um, from, you know, Liberia to the United States. It's a whole different, different level. Big, big, big one. Yeah. Now you said that if you don't have, if you haven't been to college in Liberia, you're not considered successful. What do you, that That seems like that would be very, a very small percentage of the people that have been to college. Is that, is that accurate or am I, you know
1: it's, I think it's just it's not- Af- no, it's absolute, it's not accurate, okay, but it's it's the the limitation we have in Africa in some part of Africa. Um, let's take for example, right, my mother is the smartest person I know. Uh, I will tell you that hands down. She's the smartest person I know. There's nothing she can't do, and she's the textbook definition of illiterate. I told her how to spell her own name but I watch her get up in the morning, hot, nothing, go to the market, network her way around, make provisions available to put food on the table for us, like out of nothing. And everything I know today in terms of building businesses, um, starting businesses, uh, keep moving, even when I'm failing, everything I know, I learned from her. And she doesn't know this, you know, back in Liberia, when I started a business, I was, I was just trying to eat them. You know, it wasn't about, I want to travel. I want to own a store. I was just trying to eat on time, you know, be able to buy, purchase food and eat on time. But then as I grew, I learned that my mother been doing this, trying to eat thing all her life. I think I should upgrade it. I think I should think bigger. And that's, that's how it all exploded. And that's how the whole America, the interest in America came about. So the, the thing is, the typical Liberian uh, don't want much. We Liberians are happy people by ourselves. Uh, we want to be able to provide for our family, get a decent meal to eat, and just enjoy life. We, we're not the people who wants to uh, be the next Bill Gates. Um, you don't find that common among Liberian people. It, it's, it's even common in a, in a community, Liberian community in America. When, when we come here, most of us just get a job. If the job pay the bills, it pulls food on the table and, and keeps allow us to maybe visit home once or twice and take a vacation, you're not going to see that guy leave that job. You know, he's not going to try to ask for more. He's perfectly happy. That's who we are. So it's just a, a limitation in our community. Something we're working on.
0: So you got your entrepreneurial spirit from your mother is what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. 100%. She doesn't know though. Why don't you tell her? I do. But she's been conditioned to believe that the only way you succeed is through a college degree. Okay. That's something that um you know I can't help. You know, back in Liberia, she would be behind me to go back to school, but these guys who had the the bachelor's, the masters, they would come to me every weekend to borrow money. You know, so I'll tell I say see this guy, he has a master's in finance but he can't manage his finance. You come to borrow money and I, tar- I, I charge that interest. I'm like, see the money I'm making from it. It's, but it's, it's the conditioning. I can't help it. I love her and I'm just gonna work wherever she, 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 she have right now.
0: Yeah. I've i I'm just, you know, I, I'm just amazed at the difference. You know, that's, that's just, what a great story. What a great thing to take from your, from your mother. Did she have a, a job she was working to, or was it just go to the market and get get food to put on the on the plate and that was a daily thing?
1: Yeah, she never she never had a job. Um her job was to, to go into the market. We she has the ability to connect with people. She haven't if she haven't met you, she has no problem talking to you and connecting with you. Um what I saw her do was go to the market, find people who have um, products to sell and don't know how to sell them. And she tell them, I can help you sell it. And she sell it at a markup price and, and, and take the profit and pay the people off. So she built a reputation for herself doing that. And over the time, she built her own business out of that. But she, I, I never seen her say, oh, I have a job. No, she created her own jobs.
0: So she was, I mean, she was, like you said, building her own business. She was kind of an independently contracted salesperson, it sounds like. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys had food on the on the table every night. Yeah,
1: always. Um, it wasn't like you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In Liberia, you, you guarantee one meal, or at least you think you guarantee one meal. So that's between... Uh, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. You guarantee one meal in in a day. That's what you expect your parents to at least do for you before you can provide for yourself. Um, The rest of the day, yeah, you got to probably find some fruit uh, uh, or whatever left over that is. You, You can try to manage that, but you guarantee one meal. No breakfast, no lunch.
0: Only dinner you guarantee. So where, where was the first, so here you are, you're, you're, you're living, and this is, this is how you're living every day. You have one meal from five to 10 and you may find an apple or, or whatever. What, what kind of fruit do you have in Liberia? Is it... So we have mango, we have edus, we have- What was that? Edus. I
1: don't know what that is. Um, yeah, they probably call it different here, but E, it, it spells E-D-D-E, E-D-D-O-E-S. Okay. Um, in Liberia, it's not like here. You you, you have trees um, all over the place. I, I see people um, in America, they don't have backyard garden. In Liberia, almost everybody have a backyard garden. Everybody's growing something. You know, someone say, I'm going to buy uh, organic food in America. I smile when I see that because... The real organic is from the tree and you wash it and into your mouth. There's no process involved. You know, there's no middleman involved. The real organic is you getting it for yourself. Um, and in Liberia, you can have a, a mango tree in your yard, right, on your property. And I could live from, I could, I could be a neighbor from five, 10 miles away, but if I'm hungry, I can come to you and ask you, Mr. Puerto, I'm hungry. Can I pick some mango? And you will tell me, if you can get it, take it. You know, pick it for yourself. We, we're that friendly. People are willing to help out each other. When it comes to food, nobody is really selfish like there. I, I can say that.
0: It's a big village, it sounds like, it basically. Is, it, is, yeah. it is. Just one community. So what was... What was the first foreign country you traveled to? Was that China or somewhere else?
1: Um, the first country was Sierra Leone. So Liberia has a neighbors called Sierra Leone, Guinea, Ivory Coast. Um, we have Ghana, we have Benin, we have Mali, we have Togo. It's basically uh, West Africa. Sure. So. Sierra Leone is our median labor. It's like 10, 11 hours away, 10 11 hours drive away. And the good thing is that Liberian currency is a little higher there. so if you if you take maybe a hundred dollars, a hundred US dollars would be um, at the current rate right now would be two maybe 20 thousand Liberian dollars. Well, let me get this right before someone called me out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hypothetically speaking, right? Yes. Let's say like 100 US dollar is 10,000 Liberian dollars, right? All right. Uh, That equivalent would be something like 15 or 20,000 Sierra Leonean or Leon's currency. And then it would be even more in the Guinean currency. So that was where the growth started. So when I, when I made my first 500 US dollars, uh, it was, it was a really a lot of money back then. And I remember I met this, this guy, he's called Chenna. Best, best mentor I ever had, you know, he told me, he said, what did you do with your money? I was like, I, I just sell, I buy food to eat, uh, I, I buy clothes to wear, and that's it. He said, all right, if you can come up with 500 USD, I'll be traveling to, to Conakry to buy products. I will take you along so that you can buy at a better price and sell at a better price to grow. So I was like, I already have that in my savings. He's like, really? Like. He said, We go in two weeks. Are you ready? Back then, I don't have a passport. I don't know what it's like to leave the country. And I told my mom about it. She was obviously afraid, but she supported me on everything I do. So she said, If you think it's safe and you can do it, do it. And in two weeks, I was able to process my passport. No, I didn't get a I didn't get a passport back then. So in in West Africa, you could travel on something called laissez passer. Okay. So we have um, a, a, a community called Equas, Economic Community of West African States. So I I applied for a SPD passport. I didn't get it, but they gave me a laissez passer what I could use to travel. It's like a travel document. So I used that, and then I went to. Sierra Leone was the first country. I really like it. Um, I always have this thing in my head. I'm going to buy a house there one day. Um, and then Guinea was the next country. And then Mali. And then um, some other countries I I transited. One of my favorite is also Nigeria.
0: And and so because your currency was worth more in those countries. Yes. Yeah. You could not only buy it wholesale, you could buy it wholesale and it was cheaper then bring yep. it back to Liberia and sell it and make a profit.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, you feel, so how old were you when you were doing this? Um. I was nineteen.
1: Okay, so you're I, a kid. I got, I got out of high school at eighteen. Before I got out of high school, I was already, you know, I already had a business, but I, I never had the the mindset of growing. I was just trying to eat. And I met these guys who changed, you know, t- said the right things to me. And I decided to follow them. At 19 was the first time I traveled. And ever since, I never stopped.
0: Well, I mean, and you had to listen to them, too. You had to follow their advice. So it's, it's like you said that, what was his name that was your, your the best Chena. one? Chenna. Chenna. He was your best mentor. I mean, you have to be open to that. And it's so your whole journey sounds like to me, you know, your mother kind of showing you these entrepreneurial things without realizing she's doing that.
1: No, she hasn't. Yeah,
0: right. (laughs) You're the youngest kid. So I know based on my experience with my youngest, I I maybe pay a little less attention to him, you know, than the other ones. Um, He gets a little more freedom to do things, maybe gets to do them before the other ones did. I don't know if that was the same for you. And maybe it developed a little freedom in you. And and so you became this, this Liberian entrepreneur with big, big ideas, right? Yeah. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> so what was the first, so you said you went to China. What was the first uh, country you went to outside of Africa? China, it was China. Okay. So did you see, tell me about the cultural differences you saw there, the um, and I'm assuming there are cultural differences even in Africa between different countries and there's always cultural differences, but going from West Africa to China, what, what did you see there and experience that, that maybe um, had, well, that had an impact on you?
1: Um, hmm, a lot. So for the first time in my life, I had to deal with real cool, you know <laughs> never okay. experienced winter before. Um, never had to double clothes, you know, pull multiple layers of clothes on uh, when I went there, it snowed a little bit, but it was really cold the The cultural difference Chinese are really nice people, you know um they will help you, especially the ones that speak english if he's if you meet a guy or a lady who's the only English speaker in that area and you need help, they are going to help you before they, they, they go about their day. Um, really nice people. Um, I struggle with the food um, <laughs> because I went there on my own again. It took me three days to, to find the African community there. So I had to, to eat from the, the Chinese restaurants there. It was a struggle. I ended up just sticking to bread and juice. And um, you don't like rice? Uh, no, rice is my favorite food. It's our staple food back in Liberia, but it's different, it's prepared differently. And another thing I experienced in China was that um, hard work. You know, everybody works hard in China. At least that's what I saw. Um, the, the male, the female, everybody work hard. You know, I, I networked with a lady called Lisa. I still talk to her today. Um, she was asking me if I was married. And then we just asked each other questions back and forth. And She's like, I'm not married. I don't know if I'll get married. So I asked her why. She said, um, every guy she dated, um, haven't been serious about work. And she's serious about work. She wants to, to build a bigger company. She wants to you know, help her family. It's not about relationship for her, it's all about family. Um, I've seen people work really hard. And I've seen the definition of ambition people willing to go at it to get what they want. And I learned a lot in terms of um, what people take common. Like uh, in China, uh, when I was there, the young guys would come to me and, and, and um, offer me a cigarette. So I, I, I refused. I'm like, I don't smoke. So they, they were being persistent. Like, they're doing me a favor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that we were being some, some form of gesture they were offering me there. The guy was very persistent. You know, I, I had to maintain some discipline. Like, Dude, I don't smoke. Thank you. And when you're the, the only stranger, they try to make, make, make you comfortable and accommodate you. I went on a dinner. I, I had dinner with my, my customers then, and they made me really want to go back. And I, I visited twice before America came about.
0: So tell me about your first impressions of America then. Oh.
1: America is great. I I knew about America before I came to America. It's the dream of every Liberian to come to America.
0: Really? Yeah. Absolutely. So what so so nothing here surprised you? You knew exactly what you're getting into or Uh, only one thing. One thing shocked me when I when I got to GFK. Um
1: I wanted a drink. So uh, I went to the the shop and paid for water. It said $5, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it says $5. So I opened my wallet. I gave the lady $5. She said, no, $5.66. <laughs> it says $5. So this is America. Taxes. Gets used to it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And then... Um, after that, when I got my first job, when I look at the, because my first job was actually in America. I, I never, I worked with someone in Liberia, but I wasn't an employee. I was just learning from him. It was more of an apprenticeship type. So my first job was actually in America. So I got my pay stop, and I look at all of these deductions. I was like, they took all of the money. And then after you get tax, income tax, state tax, federal tax, uh, unemployment tax, social security, all these taxes come out, right? And you go to the store to buy gas, you pay tax. To buy water, you pay tax. So you're still paying tax on the tax income. That's the one thing that I, I was like, okay, just swallow it. This is another word. You decided to come here. And decided to live here this is how it works here accepted but that's one thing that shocked me
0: i love that i love that your first <laughs> the, <laughs> the shocking thing about america is everything is taxed <laughs> everything that is hilarious oh man what what a great story so so what so you're in school now yes sir and are you running any businesses on the side there yes sir <laughs> i have to what are you
1: doing so, right now, I run a website, uh, an online store. Uh, it's called thegadgetline.com. Okay, let's pitch
0: that, thegadgetline.com. Yes, sir. Okay.
1: So, um, my, my niche right now is baby products. And I have um, plans to go into to, to electronics. I have plans to go into uh, pet um, but right now, I've I've tested a lot of these things. I, I have a pet website. I, I have a baby website. Um, the baby niche been picking up really well. Um, I've had my best month so far. Uh, I, I did up to um, 5300 and something. Great. dollars in sales for April. Um, hopefully, if I work harder, I'm, I'm looking to double that in May.
0: And that's on the gadgetline.com? Yes, sir. Are you shipping all your own stuff or how do you do that?
1: So I'm I'm into a business model called um drop shipping. So as as you know, we we get everything from China. Um I get products, so I, I go through a product research. Um I find out what I think is gonna sell. Um it's a really frustrating process. But you have to go through in order to save money. So I found out what I think is going to sell. And then I use social media, preferably Facebook, to drive traffic to my website. So maybe you've been scrolling on Facebook and you saw some some gadget on your feed and with a video and a and music playing in the background telling you to click this link and buy now. Yeah, that's something like that. <laughs> 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 that's basically what I do
0: oh that makes everybody so happy to see ads on their Facebook right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great so okay so the last thing I, I really wanted to ask you so a, as you're going through it and you're so you're going to school so you can get your degree so you, so your mom can be impressed right uh, that's basically that's <laughs> and and you're running your businesses on the side which is it, it sounds if I had to peg you, I'd imagine that's going to be your life. You know, you're going to be running businesses. It is. It and is. You'll be, it is now. Yeah. You'll be an entrepreneur and, and man, I, I wish you luck. And we'll, we'll put your website up here for whoever watches this, go to the Yes, sir. Um, so you mentioned that you want, to, when you do get to a level of success, you want to give back to the the country you came from. Uh huh. What, what do you want to do there? What do you want to contribute to, uh, to Liberia to, to, make it, to make it better? Huh. So I have, I have a lot of talks, right?
1: But um, why in the military? You know, I had a moment where um, there was a possibility I, I, I would come back home without anything. I think I told you about it, um, my greatest failure has been, you know, uh, that thing when it comes to pulling the trigger.
0: Yeah, tell, tell me about that. Let's do that first. Okay. So, in the military, you have to be able to shoot
1: in order to be a soldier. And my history from my country with, with civil war, I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of guns. I, I, I'll be clear with it. I don't like guns. I won't touch it. I've never touched it in my entire life. The first time I touched it was before the military. I, I went to a range to break the phobia halfway before going to training. So why in training? Um, I did really terrible when it comes to shooting. I did terrible. People, you have to. You have. You be given. You're given a forty round, uh, and you have to at least hit 23 targets. They have these targets ranging from 150 meters, from 50 meters up to 300 meters. And they pop up five seconds and drop back down. You, you have to hit at least 23 of them during an iteration in order to qualify to be able to, to move to the next stage of the training. So I was very terrible. I was very terrible. Um, people, people who were considered terrible were doing... Uh, two figures, right? Two digits numbers like eleven, twelve, fifteen, nineteen. Me, I was in one digit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so you were worse than terrible. Yeah, I was. I was worse than terrible. So, um, in that moment, in the in the military is the worst place you want to fill. It's the worst place you want to fill. Drill sergeants will come in front of you and make you the example. Of failure. Every time they would use you as an example, and they would tell you every day, "You better go home. We send you home." And that right there, they they drilled that sending me home so much into my head that for a moment I found myself in Liberia, even though I was in Oklahoma. But I found myself in Liberia. You know, you send me home. You send me home, and. I just imagined that I went back home empty-handed. And I asked myself, what if, what if this is true? What if this was true that I got to go home empty-handed? What would I do with my life? So um, I, I took a pen and pad and started writing ideas, things I would do. Um, if I had to go back home and start from scratch, um, what I can do in six months to turn my life into a something better than it was before I left from there. And that right there was a, I I had an epiphany about a moment where I could help people. So when I eventually built the spirit to fight and pass and graduated, I never forget about that. Uh, I still have that paper up today. Uh, Hopefully in the next two to five years, I'm going to build my business up to, uh, over a million, uh, over seven figures in sales and revenues and something. Have some credibility when I talk about business, marketing, entrepreneurship, so that people can take me serious. Uh, so hopefully when I achieve that, um, I'm going to start a program, maybe a podcast, maybe an online show. It's gonna, I'm going to tie to something like, what would I do if I got deported? Oh, wow. So I'm I'm gonna go home. I Everything changes every now and then. So I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna take like a week or two to just research, investigate what businesses I can do that I think I can do without any startup capital, without any special skills being required. Uh, something I could do from my phone or the laptop. Uh, something that can be um, you know, broken down that anybody can understand and, and be able to replicate. Um, I intend to go back home, gather these ideas, turn it into a step-by-step uh, a, a process for anybody to be able to do and build a community to be able to help and build um, the mindset of people back home, the young people back home, there are a lot of potential in Liberia, a lot of energy, a lot of young men walking around um, with so much potential. But if you can't play football in Liberia and you're not a, a musician and your family member don't work in the government, you don't think anything is possible for you. That's, that's how it is in Liberia, unfortunately. So uh, I want to give the young people back in Liberia hope that you can do anything you, you, you actually put your mind to. And when I build this community, I'm not just gonna put, put out videos telling them what to do and how to do it, but I'm, I'm gonna do the best I can to provide resources to help them along the way and make sure that they are successful. And, and I have plans to even invest my own personal finances uh, to come over here like buy, buy used computers and take them back home, um, help people get better. Just, just imagine, a 19 years of me, I didn't know much then, I didn't know anything, but I was just tired of being hungry and, and not eating on time. Because I went to a decent school, I went to a decent high school where I saw uh, kids got drop off in decent cars. And they 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 brought lunches to school. They took the even though they brought lunch, they also brought lunch money. These things I never had. So those was the reason that I got into business and trying to to make my own dollar. So I got lucky because of that situation, those circumstances. I got lucky. Other kids don't have that that opportunity to go to an expensive school to see that uh, you you can actually have three meals a day or four meals a day. You can actually have a, a lunch and a lunch money. Other kids don't have that that, that privilege. So I intend to build this community. Um, I intend to hopefully have people like you, invite people like you to come on and, and, and help with the mindset and, and self-believe, self-esteem. Um, just whatever you can contribute. Um, my goal is to at least five thousand entrepreneurs back home. I want to mentor them. Uh, I want to if I, I'll put my own money into making sure that um, each and every one of them will be able to um, create their own deliberate to provide for themselves to feed themselves and their family. Um, it's it's far. I'm looking at ten years from now. It could be shorter than that, but I am gonna do it. It's something I committed my life to. um, Hopefully, keep me in prayers that I don't give up.
0: Man, that's awesome. I, I I got nothing to add to that. That's that. What an incredible goal. That would be astonishing, right?
1: It is. It is.
0: Well, do you have anything else to add? Tell me. uh, You know, is, is there anything about about life or your journey? and we can, we can close on this, but anything that, that you found that you can share with the rest of us that maybe can help us get through a day? Um, yeah. So I've had some,
1: some trying times that I consider learning times. My first year in America was very challenging. Yeah. Without family, losing everything that I worked for back home, um, I, I was very devastated. But I somehow found a way to find a positive. Um, thanks to my mom. At some point, I considered going back home. Even though I had not much to go back to, I was like, I can't take it. I, I want to go back home. And then my mom would say, you're not coming back. There are people who want documents in America and don't have it. And you went there, the government gave it to you for free. You're going to stay. And I found a way to stay through the good words of my mom. And... The one thing I see my life is it's not about me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 31 years old. I don't have a kid yet, but all of my brothers and sisters have kids, two, three. Um, their parents doesn't give them any hope of a better future. They're just going to go through the, recycle, the same cycle our parents went through. So um, I see myself as that one hope, that, that one link to possibility in the family. So um, whenever I, I'm going through tough times and I want to give up, and I think of that, these kids, for the first time have a family in America they can talk to on the phone. So my uncle is in America. It's a big thing in Liberia if you have a family member in America. And uh, my, my, my other sister, Kate, he's called uh, Davina. You know, Davina is considered a troubled child in the family. But I see Davina as myself. I, I got the most punishment for my mom. <laughs> I was the, 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 the troublesome child. I got the most discipline. Oh, everything. Everything was extreme for me. So it's the same thing happening to him, but this kid said he wants to be a doctor. Even though he lives in Liberia where, you know, the odds are stuck against him of becoming a doctor. But I see myself as, you know, the resources that God is gonna use to help him achieve that. So no matter how hard life is, I cannot give up because if I just give up on me I won't be giving up on myself. I'll be giving up on all these kids back home who look up to me. And that's just from a family perspective. Like if you take it back to the market where I used to sell, where I had my shop, all these kids would come around. You know, I would give them products to go sell the exact same way I started. I'll give them, hey, give me $10 for this product, sell it whatever price you can sell it, and bring my $10 back. So all these kids still look up to me to day. They, they think that I'm going to go back home someday successful and save them. Now I know I'm, I'm no savior, but at least if I can go back home and tell them that I made something out of my life, they are going to keep believing until it happened for them too. So I, I would say, um, we all should be able to find something to connect with something bigger than ourselves. Um, I have my family run. Another thing is the military. Um, Sometimes when I go through difficult days, I remember my drill sergeant words in my ears. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Are you a failure? And I remember those words, and I just get up and start moving. And, uh, so try, I would say try to connect to something bigger than yourself, and and you mainly try to connect to something spiritual. Now, I, I was raised in a Christian faith. You know, I, I believe in God. No. I started... As I grew, I started reading a lot of books. One of the books that, um, that, that really had me think differently was a book by Karl Marx, uh, The Communist Manifesto. Oh, boy. That book actually changed my mind. Um, yeah, I'm into I – I didn't get the college degree, but I tried to read at least 20 books a year. In fact, I'm reading more. I haven't kept coming of it, but I'm reading more now because of Audible. So um, because of that, I don't go to church no more. I don't do the religious part of the, the Christian, Christian faith. But I believe in God. I, I believe in God deeply. I'm, I'm very spiritual. Uh, before I do anything, I, I say a couple of prayers, and I just believe that God is on my side. Even when I fail, I feel like he did it for a purpose. And those three things helped me going all the time.
0: Okay. So now I got another question. What, what is it about the communist manifesto that appealed to you? What did it, what did it, what did it say to you?
1: It just blew your mind, it blows your mind. You, you see things differently. You know, when I read it the first time I was in Liberia, um, a, a friend of mine here recommended it to me that go on YouTube. There's a book there and read it and listen to it. So intellectually, I wasn't mature then, So I didn't really comprehend um, to details what was in the book. So when I came over here, uh, I was working at the warehouse at Amazon, you know, at the Amazon warehouse. And I read the book one more time, and then you see how you pretty much living the life that someone wrote down decades ago for you, you know? They're gonna have you in a warehouse, you're gonna be micromanaged, it's gonna be military style, you're gonna be paid just enough to keep working. And and this is why I, I will always have a business. I will always have a business though. So, yeah, it's true, I can apply for jobs because I'm, I'm putting the effort to apply for jobs. But my experience in, in, in the, the corporate in, industry is that somebody has to be happy before you get promoted. Somebody have to feel like before you get promoted. It's not 100% down to your merits and qualification. You know, I work at Amazon. I really worked hard back then. And I did everything I could. I wanted to get promoted. I'm I'm a person, I have to feel like I'm growing. Yeah, I, I don't know what it says. ADD or ODA, OCD or whatever the, the term used in America. I have to feel growth every time. If I don't feel that, I'll feel I don't belong there. So I work really hard at Amazon and I start. Three interviews for a supervisor position, and I filled all three of them. And I went to the, the, the senior operation managers and asked her, how can I get promoted? I filled three interviews. And she told me, take this class, take responsibility, take the initiative, do these things like this. I did everything to the letter, like she said. And then I saw the next interview, I passed interview, and they told me that um, there was no slot available. So I had to be on the bench for 90 days. I did, I was on the bench for 90 days and I had another interview, I failed. So this was the fifth interview, right? Of the same style interview, similar questions. So I went back to her and she said, go take a SL class because Amazon offer these programs to help their employees get better. So I took the SL class and then I had a sixth interview, same style interview. Almost same thing over and over, right? It's not that different. And I had my sixth interview. I thought it was the best I've ever been in terms of articulating my experience and answering the questions the way in which they were asked. And the interviewer wrote a feedback for me in that it was shocking. He said that uh, I. Over-rehearsed my answer. I was too prepared for the interview. I wasn't natural. I didn't flow naturally. And I said, I've done it six times. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not dumb, you know? If I've done it over and over, it's just going to come to me easy. And so I, I was tripped. I went back to the senior operation manager. I, I, was, I was like, be, be honest with me. What's going on here? Issue that some people just don't like the way you carry yourself. You you speak your mind. Sometimes in a corporate environment, um, you, you don't have to say what you think. So I was like, I know you guys are the bosses, but we are the one driving the numbers up. If you're the boss and you're doing something that is counterproductive to the process, shouldn't I say something to help you know, things go on better. Should I let us damage everything before someone say something? And she was like, I'll be honest with you, that's the only reason, but I will advise you apply to a different building so that I would give my recommendation for you and, and you can get a promotion. So I was like, okay, thank you. Right. And that was the last day. When I left that day, I went home, I, I registered at LSC that very day, and ever since, uh, I've been working to make that LSC work. So that taught me the fact that someone has to be happy for you to get promoted. It's not totally down to your growth, uh, your, your, your contribution. Someone has to be happy. And because of that, I want to be able to control my, my, my growth as a person. Let it be down to how much I put in. That that's something I I, I, I I know you don't expect to hear this from a man who who you interview for a job, <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, it, my goal in America is to build a business. That's that's what I'm really happy when I'm doing. Even if I'm making four dollars an hour, why doing that? I feel like. I'm actually contributing myself as a person. I'm pulling myself out. So, yeah, I take I do jobs. That's why the military is perfect for me. Because to give you instructions, you have your orders, you go and do it. And, yeah, people will bust you around, but as long as you do your job, nobody has time for you. you know, they treat everybody equal, with respect. It doesn't matter where you come from. Race, color, sexual orientation—they treat everybody equal. So I, I fit in the military really well.
0: Well, man, Francis, I think uh, I've taken so much from what you said today. I mean, this has been a this has been fascinating. I mean, what?
1: Awesome
0: too. Yeah, what great stories! What a what a great life! And you're going to be successful, clearly. I mean, you, it's it's your goal, and and you're a guy who achieves your goals, so. Um, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on and joining. Thank you, sir. Yeah.
1: And I, and I hope we'll we, we, we be back here a couple of years from now when we have the numbers to show.
0: It's a date, man. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, by the grace of God.
0: All right. Well, uh, Francis, do Thanks for joining today. And uh, I look forward to talking to you down the road and seeing your success as you go. Okay? Thank you, sir. All appreciate right. You. Thank you.
1: I'll stay in touch whenever I have questions and need help and whatever you can to whatever you whenever it's possible um, you can reach out to me um, I have an intermediate skill level when it comes to facebook ads advertising match, my match, uh, matching the right offer with the right audience I'm, I'm growing in that space i 'm developing my skills um, whatever you you have a uh, maybe you work with a nonprofit and uh, you, you have a message to send across, you, you want to communicate with people. Um, yeah, I, I can help you communicate, reach a message out to the right people. And just to improve my skills, whenever you want to, you have anything that's such a thing, um, I, I will always be available to, to help out.
0: That's great, man. Thank you very much.
1: Welcome, sir. It's my pleasure. All right,
0: we'll talk to you soon, okay? You too, sir. All right, Francis, thanks. Bye.